0: The Show, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Whoa, I've got a great show for you today, and yes, it's hot, hot, hot out there. It's hot, hot, hot in here. Oh, my gosh. I broke down. I broke down, Stan. I had to turn the air on. I don't really like air conditioning. You're the weirdest I, one when I know. it comes to that. I know. I know. I know. I would
1: think somebody that, you know, as a non-environmentalist like yourself, you I would just a have total that total environmentalist. Cranked up to about, down to about 60.
0: No. I live in Minnesota. and Nine months out of the year, I have to have the doors and windows shut. So when I can have them open, I want to have them open. And, but I'll tell you, I got to draw the line at, what, 93? 92 deg- right now. 92 yeah. degrees out there. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I have a great show planned for you today. Um Stan, make sure not one person is allowed to call me and wish me a happy Memorial Day. We do not celebrate Memorial Day, so make sure our callers today know that. Uh, Memorial Day is the day we honor our fallen. Patricia Boyd is going to call in. She's out in Arlington. Uh It was so exciting to turn the news on today, and I watched... Two or three different channels this morning. Every one of them were talking about Fort Snelling. Every one of them were doing a story on how for the first time ever, all 200,000. How sad is that? How, how, how overwhelmingly sad is that? 200,000 people are buried in, at Fort Snelling. This year, they have 8,000 volunteers and every single headstone is going to have a flag on it and mark dayton l- ordered the flags to be flown at half staff on memorial day until noon did you know that stand did you know at noon they they you fly the flags at half staff on memorial day and at noon you raise them up i
1: did not know that i, I know a lot of people day. didn't
0: know that either but um fort snelling i've talked to you guys about this before we've talked about wreaths across america we've talked about honoring our fallen we've about we've talked about paying attention to our vets we've talked about how important it is that we redo the whole va system we've talked about um how how much we owe those who gave the ultimate sacrifice for us and the idea that every single headstone at Fort Snelling is going to have a flag on it i think is just that's the first time in 35 years first time in 35 years do you know fort snelling has 5000 funerals a year 5000 gosh it's just it's just overwhelming to me uh in all more than 645,000 men and women have given their lives to defend our freedom since world war 1 I want you to think about that, folks. It's not all about the barbecue this weekend. It's not all about the food and the fireworks and the parades and the, all of that kind of stuff. I want you to think about that. More than 645,000 men and women have given their lives to defend our freedom since World War I. That is absolutely Amazing, and then you know what our you know what the t- news stations did all week long. All week long, I saw one story on Channel Eleven where they told me grilled foods were carcinogenic. Uh, NPR told me not to eat meat. Are you kidding yeah, me? No way. Yeah, don't eat meat and don't be so wasteful. <laughs> That's part with your of my freedom stuff. is to eat meat. I know. So thank you,
1: veterans. There,
0: another channel, I don't remember which one, said no amount of bacon or alcohol is safe because it, it's going to give you cancer. I'm, ri- I'm going to risk. How fun it. is life without <laughs> that? i'm gonna risk it, yeah, 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 definitely. um we were talking a little bit about the heat when we were when we were uh, right when we started today. The St Paul Police Department tweeted out yesterday sad and frightening numbers thirty six kids die each year in hot cars, seventy percent of heat stroke deaths in cars involve children under Two years old 50% of the deaths occur because caregivers forgot the kids in the cars can you believe I will that? never
1: believe that statistic that they forgot them I just I don't have children but I don't know how you can ever forget something that important
0: I had three kids that I was raising on my own I never got that I never was that preoccupied that busy that overwhelmed that I would forget my kid in a car ever or anywhere Anywhere. I, I, yeah, I find that really, really hard to believe too. Roseville Police Department tweeted out Friday at four o'clock. Every summer, the Roseville Police Department officers have to respond to calls for babies or dogs left unsupervised in vehicles on warm days. And they'd already had three, three on, uh, three phone calls like that. On Friday, of people who left. First
1: hot day of the year. Yep.
0: Of people who left their babies or their dogs in the car. Uh, so, and they tell people if you, if you happen to witness it, call 911, stay calm, refrain from engaging with the parent or owner. I'd break a window. I'd break a window. It'd be worth it. Whatever. I have insurance. I'd break a window. There's no way I would wait for a police officer to get there. No way. Absolutely no way. Okay, I'm going to be gone next week. Next week I'm going to be gone. I'm going to be up in Duluth. Uh, it's the state convention for the GOP, so I will be up there. Colin Wilkinson. Thank you so much, Colin. Colin will be filling in. Stan will be here, uh, of course. And I'm really happy to say that this weekend is the Ticket or, cl- or Click It revenue raiser. Oh, yeah. So next And I'm weekend... sure there's extra
1: DWI enforcement as well. Oh, I'm
0: sure. I'm sure. But next weekend, when I'm flying up to Duluth, okay, I'm really driving, Um yeah, I will... Yeah, but you'll
1: have the hammer down.
0: Oh, totally, totally. Okay, Stan had to listen to me kind of freak out when I came in today. I stopped over <laughs> at Home Depot, and as I was walking in, I saw... Now, that we're over in the West End area of St. Louis Park, so... Those roads over there are super, super busy. There's a Costco over there. There's a liquor store over there. There's uh, the Home Depot, a bunch of restaurants, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, crazy. And on the corner, there was a guy with his pregnant wife, a couple of kids, and he was holding a sign, I need money for food. And I went into Home Depot and I came back out. It's hot out, Stan. Mm -hmm, It's hot hot out. So I sat in my probably not very
1: comfortable to be pregnant in this weather. I'm guessing. Nope,
0: nope, nope. Someone who's had babies in September, I can tell you, no, (laughs) it's not comfortable. Uh, but they were sitting in the shade of a tree, uh, good thing, and the mom had her hands full because the kids wanted to run around, and there's a lot of traffic cars mm-hmm. over there. So I sat in my air-conditioned car and watched. You're a horrible person. Not, I know, totally, right? <laughs> so I sat uh, and I watched for, I don't know, five or six minutes. A lot of people stopped. And, and what, what,
1: did you say what sign they are holding? Or? I need I money for didn't. food. Okay.
0: And I just walked into Home Depot and they had a sign. We're hiring for like five different positions. And I wanted to go over and say, Hey, you know, you could go in there and get a job. And I thought, no. And, and people stopped and gave them water. I know it would have been rude. People stopped and gave them water, juice boxes for the kids or whatever. But you and I were trying to figure it out. A, I mean, why would you stand out on the corner in ninety-two degree heat and 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 beg money when there are jobs everywhere? I
1: think it's capitalism. I, we've we've talked about this. <laughs> we've talked about this, and you know, we valid hate, point. We hate taxes uh, on this station. Tax free money. Tax free money. And I have seen <laughs> stories, and I have heard stories of folks making forty plus thousand per year. I've
0: heard that too. Doing
1: that on the corner and. I guess if you can get away with it and you could live with yourself at the end of the day, uh go for it. Well, but I, I, I couldn't you know, and and it makes it bad because if this family was really hurting that that's who I really feel for because those people, right. you know, the kids. I, I would give money, but I don't give money now because there's too many of these people that are that basically are scammers. doing this as their full-time job.
0: I saw one on 694 and White Bear Avenue, and the guy was standing there. I don't know what his sign said. He needed money or he needed whatever. And um, as I rounded the corner, his bike was up underneath the bridge. It had to be over a $1,000 bike. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh! If you can afford a thousand dollar bike, you don't need to be begging on the corner. Yeah, but he needs to get around.
1: What if he's looking for a job? What if you know he needs to commute to his?
0: That was his job, Stan. That was his job. Well, to he stand needs there. to commute
1: to work. He can't walk in this heat.
0: In a thousand dollar bike? <laughs> I don't even know in a thousand dollar bike. That's his you retirement. Own a That's his bike? retirement fund. <laughs> oh it's my rainy gosh. I just can't believe it. I yeah, just That it is it's
1: unfortunate for the people that need it and, you know, I couldn't live with myself if I was one of those scammers. I
0: still like the idea.
1: But it is tempting at forty grand a year, you know. You, if go you up, can
0: make forty grand a year, morning stand, rush,
1: Evening rush. We're
0: going out there. You That's and what? I are going out there and That's we what? are ten gonna hours, beg
1: ten hours a week, forty grand a year, I could hold another job.
0: Right. And think about it. You and I were talking and you said, Okay, if a hundred cars stop and ten percent give you money or if a hundred cars go by and an ten hour. percent yep. give you money that adds up to a yeah, lot of money. Yeah, they to probably give you
1: five bucks on average. I'm guessing. Yeah. You know, so yeah, 30, wouldn't you think? Thirty bucks an hour—that's not bad, tax free. No Uncle Sam. You still get tax your health care benefits for free. Think, <laughs> All think right, of I, it
0: I know. I know. We're going to do it. Okay. So I have a great show planned for you today. Um, Patricia Boyd will call in to talk about our, uh, Memorial Day at Arlington Cemetery. The legislative session is over. Thank goodness. We'll talk about how they did. We'll talk about some election year politicians. The politics are heating up. Uh, what are your thoughts on some of the things that happened this week, whether it was our newly sworn in lieutenant governor, Election year rhetoric, wow, the Dems have come out with some crazy stuff. And uh, what will Governor Dayton's legacy be? Will it be chaos, incompetence? Petulance. Uh, there's a whole bunch of words that I can think of to describe it. We'll we'll see what what you think about it. Uh, plus, I have some updates on important local issues this week. We're going to feature Minneapolis, St. Paul, and Duluth. Uh, we're also going to find time to talk about uh, the police officers. They're not going to be allowed to wear their uniform in this year's Pride Parade. Uh, and and I was telling Stan when we were talking about this this story that I thought it was really interesting because. As I was reading the article talking about why the officers should or shouldn't be allowed to wear their uniforms, some of the uh, reasons that people came up with had never even crossed my mind. So it'll it'll be a great show today, jam packed, of course. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the the politicians. We I want you to think about this. We have this this year, this election season in Minnesota, this November. We have two U.S. Senate seats up. We have an open governor seat. We have four, some say five competitive congressional races. Might even say six if you think about it. Uh, the state house is up for re-election, including a special election in the Senate because Fischbach was just sworn in to be the lieutenant governor. That's an interesting story. Where do we talk about that one? Uh, But that special election is going to determine control of the state Senate because before she resigned, it was 34-33 GOP. Now it's 33-33. So, whoa, it's going to be an, uh, a fun, jam-packed show, a fun, jam-packed upcoming election. Stay tuned. Lots more coming. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. I wanted to remind you all on Monday... um, john justice and andrew lee won't be on air uh tom lyons is doing the minnesota military radio hour on monday they do it every year and wow it's if you're not going out to fort snelling or over to lakewood it's really really they do a great job so kudos to tom lyons and the minnesota military guys tune in monday morning all right we have uh fabulous election season coming up and you know, Memorial Day weekend. And yes, I know everybody's honoring our fallen soldiers, but I think a lot of people consider Memorial Day the kickoff for summer. I saw Tom Emmer was marching in a parade today. A lot of people were marching with him. A lot of people consider it the kickoff for election season and the kickoff for summer. We have two U.S. Senate seats that are up for election or re-election, however you want to say it, this year, uh, Amy Klobuchar, and Tina Smith. Throw both of them out. Both of them. We just, Amy Klobuchar, you've been there for far too long. Uh, and Tina Smith, you've been there for long enough. Uh, she filled in. Remember, she was appointed to that seat after Franken stepped down in in shame from his awful behavior, uh, which now you're starting to see. I saw his uh, Al Franken's wife, Franny, tweeted under his Twitter handle this past week. And you also had one of the uh, not very funny comedians came out and said Al Franken was bullied into stepping down. Yeah, well, Al Franken's a big boy and he behaved poorly. And you know what? I'm glad he's gone. So both of those seats, Jim Newberger of course, is my favorite. Uh, running against Amy Klobuchar, uh, Tina Smith, we're seeing Karen Housley put up a valiant effort. So I'd like to see two new faces in our Minnesota U.S. Senate seats. We have an open seat for governor. After last week with Governor Dayton and his behavior at the end of the legislative session, I am very thankful Governor Dayton is out of here and we will have a, a new governor. I I know a lot of people think it's going to be Tim and Tim Pawlenty in the in the battle for the governor's seat I don't think either of them are going to win uh whether it's the endorse I know I know Tim Pawlenty won't win the endorsement oh because he's not even going the big baby so he's been had this whisper campaign for a whole year okay let's let's back the train up here okay Tim Pawlenty was the governor for eight years He finished being the governor and he went off and made millions of dollars out in uh, being a lobbyist or being a whatever he was. I don't care what he was. And I don't care that he made millions of dollars. Good for you, Tim Pawlenty. I hope you made boatloads. So we don't see her here hiding her hair at Tim Pawlenty for eight. Years He does nothing to help move the Republican uh, Party forward in the state of Minnesota. He does absolutely nothing to help pay off the debt of the Republican Party in Minnesota. He does nothing to help any Republicans get elected in the state of Minnesota. And then he comes back, and about a year before the election season starts, he starts this whisper campaign. Oh, I think I'm going to run for governor. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. Don't ask me about it, but I'm thinking about it. And then all of a sudden he tells us, yeah, I'm not going to compete for the end The endorsement that he fought for tooth and nail against Brian Sullivan. Give me a break, Tim Pawlenty. I am in the never Pawlenty. Is that a hashtag? Yeah. Hashtag never Pawlenty. I'm in that group, which is part of the reason I'll be gone next Saturday, because I'll be up in Duluth at the at the state central uh, meeting or the state convention, rather. So, um uh Tim Waltz, Aaron Murphy and um oh, Rebecca Otto. Yeah, we'll talk about those three coming up, but I th- Tim Waltz was the favorite for a long time on the left side. The the candidates on un- un- under the Democrat Party are moving further and further and further to left. I don't care if it's Amy Klobuchar, I don't care if it's Tina Smith, I don't care if it's the three governors' candidates that are left in there. They are all just moving further and further and further to the left, and I I just don't think that's sitting well with a lot of people. Your average Joe and Jane on Main Street. I don't think it's sitting well. We also have some say four competitive congressional races here in Minnesota. So remember, we have eight congressional seats Walt stepped down in one so that's an open seat uh hagedorn won the endorsement down there and honestly i think he's going to walk away with that one it was close last time i think he's going to win this time uh jason lewis is our congressman in in cd2 i love jason jason used to sit in this chair well not this exact chair but uh i think jason jason is up against angie craig again uh this year uh, mark my words, Jason Lewis is going to win again. Uh, Eric Paulson has been a congressman for a really long time. And guess what? The, I think he has done such a poor job lately that he has now made, uh, Congressional District 3, instead of a safe seat for him, instead of a seat he could have probably spent his whole life in, he's now going to have quite the challenge keeping that seat for himself. Of course, Betty McCollum and Keith Ellison, embarrassments that they are, are are permanently in CD4 and CD5. Tom Emmer, thankfully, uh, will be back in CD6. CD7, I'm not sure what's going on with you guys up there. We'll talk a little bit about you in just a second. But I think Dave Hughes, who almost beat Peterson last time, I think he's going to take him out this time. And, of course, CD8, oh, my gosh, you are going to see so much money thrown up in CD8. Pete Stauber is a great candidate up there. If you're lucky enough to live in CD8, get out there and help Pete Stauber win that race. Uh, I, I think he's going to win it. I, I really, really do. And you're going to see the Democrats throw boatload. well, Republicans, too, throw boatloads there. So we could see some significant turn over in uh in in our seats um <clears throat> jason lewis had uh a, a town hall three town halls last saturday remember i told you about it uh one in wabasha one in lakeville and one in in jordan and it was a way for jason to talk to his constituents from the second uh second seat congressional district but the protesters have been taking over these events remember the protesters are so bizarre in his area oh well, well um, eric paulson 's district as well, but in jason 's Lewis, the protesters went to his house, scared the crap out of his daughter um, the The police had to be called the neighbors had had the police called to intervene in that and and you see the protesters at jason lewis 's offices all the time so this time, when Jason Lewis had uh, his three town halls, he limited it to tickets, so that the people actually had to had to live in the district to qualify to get in. And of course, what did the left do? The left claimed, oh, that's rigged. It's all totally rigged. Uh, And I want you to know something. As someone who lives in CD4, which is Betty McCollum's district, it's impossible if you're not a Democrat, it's impossible to get into her town halls. She brags all the time about her town halls. No, no, no. They are not fair and open. They are not first come, first serve. They are not even show your ID to make sure that you live in CD4. By the time you get there, no matter how early you get there. You can't get in because she's already handed tickets out to whoever she's handed tickets out to. So um, Jason Lewis's office went out of their way to say um, after someone had uh, threatened after someone had threatened them that they went, that they said, yeah, we decided we had to require tickets too. The number of tickets were limited to the size of the venue. Um, I think they said they had a hundred in, in Lakeville. Um, anyway, it was crazy. You're also, I talked last week about some of the local races. I talked about how Hennepin County Attorney Mike Freeman, uh, is going to run in the general election in spite of the fact that, um, that um, that he didn't get endorsed. And also in Hennepin County, Peter McLaughlin, who has been a county commissioner out there for, oh my gosh, 30 years, maybe. He lost his endorsement, too. So not only did Freeman lose his endorsement, Peter McLaughlin didn't get endorsed. You also in Ramsey County have Commissioner Janice Rettman. She's been there about 10 years. Do you know I had Republicans tell me we, she's not so bad. We don't even bother to run anyone against her. Well, Thanks for nothing, Republicans, because now the left has decided they want better than Janice Rettman. So they are challenging Janice with, I forget how, four. I think she has four challengers going against her, all from the far left. That's the point that I'm trying to make. Uh, These local seats, whether it's city council, mayor, county commissioner, county attorney, um, any uh, any of those things. These are supposed to be nonpartisan positions. They are not nonpartisan anymore. They are. They have become so partisan. And rather than looking out for everyone and being somewhat reasonable on a lot of things, we're not seeing that. We're seeing city councils and mayors and county commissioners becoming activists. And we're seeing some people be challenged because they're not far enough to the left. Which is absolutely crazy if you if you ask me. We're going to take a, a quick break. When we come back, I want to tell you um, I, I want to talk a little bit about Michelle Fishbach resigning her Senate seat. And I also want to tell you about the left, how far they have, how far the left has moved and how this is a wake up call for all of us. This is a wake up call for all of us. These these issues at our city and county levels, town levels, they impact us so much. And these are the people that you run into out taking a walk in your neighborhood at your uh, going to the grocery store, at the liquor store, wherever Wherever you are, and it's so so important that you're paying attention to local politics, and far far too many people aren't. We'll talk a little bit more about that when we come back. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM eleven thirty, and TwinCitiesNewsTalk dot com. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. You know, in the days of old, Democrats used to be a lot better at hiding their agenda. They used to be a lot more subtle in how they went about pushing for whatever they were pushing for. Now they just come out and tell us. Sometimes it slips out. Sometimes they lie to us. Uh, but it, if you're paying attention, it really is astonishing what you can learn from social media, what you can learn from attending a candidate forum, what you can learn from something that they say on the floor of the House or the Senate uh, or the how many times have we seen now where you've got uh, everybody's got a cell phone, everybody's got a camera, so they pick up certain things here and there. And then, of course, you always have the hot mic. Who doesn't love the hot mic when you pick up something? Um, We we saw that a lot with President Obama, of course. Elion Omar wins the award, I think, for this week. She tweeted out something that I didn't know. So this is important. Heads up. Pay attention. Elian Omar tweeted out, we all know that colorblind is a code word. Did you know that? It colorblind is a code word racists have used for generations. It's not that you don't see color, it's that you don't see us. Hashtag Republicans lie. Republican lies. So thank you. Uh, Representative Omar, for pointing that out to us. Uh, funny, we have been taught for years that being colorblind was a good thing. Now, apparently, it's just another Republican lie, a code word that racists use for agendas. Um, the, the filing period for Minnesota candidates began last Tuesday. It ends on June 5th. There were long lines out the door. And lots and lots and lots and lots of pictures of Democrats who are running for office. I barely saw any Republican pictures, and I'm wondering, what's up with that? I mean, really, what is up with that? We have a lot of great candidates who are who are running, and uh, apparently they don't know how to use social media, or if they do, they use it very poorly. So come on, candidates, get out there, spread the word, spread the word. Uh, this past week, I think a lot of people were very surprised to hear the breaking news that Minnesota GOP Senate President Michelle Fishbach resigned her Senate seat. And on Friday, she took the oath of office as the Minnesota Lieutenant Governor. Uh, I don't, did anybody see that coming? I did not see that coming. I, well, to be fair, I wasn't even thinking about it. Uh, but I did not see that coming. The first thing I thought when, she, when I saw the breaking news that she was stepping down, is she's going to be Tim Pawlenty's running mate. Um, I would not be surprised at all. Not at all. But I'm, I am, I'm troubled by that. I'm troubled by that for a number of reasons. Because what happens if there's a special session? Governor Dayton vetoed a whole lot of stuff this past week and even hinted that there could be a special session for tax conformity in November. And remember, the Republicans had a 34-33 majority in the Senate, and now with her gone, that makes it 33-33. So really, really interesting what I thought Was also pretty funny. Uh, Tina Liebling tweeted out as Michelle Fishbach takes the oath of office, pray for the health and safety of Governor Dayton's, uh, of Governor Dayton. 33 DFL tied for majority state center, state senators, one heartbeat away. So she, I guess she's so worried about Republicans, um, uh, being the next, a Republican being the next governor that she's actually praying for the health and safety of Mark Dayton. The thing that I think most people should pay attention to, and we'll talk about this a little bit more in the next segment, but it is absolutely shameful, the cover-up that we've seen, not only from the Democrats, not only from the media, but from the Republicans, too, about Governor Dayton's health. And if people knew how how poor his health was, if they didn't cover it up every time they possibly could— There's no way Governor Dayton would have won a second term. There is absolutely no way that we would have had the kind of dysfunction that we saw so typically from Governor Dayton, be it at the end of this session or what the heck, the end of last session or the one before that or the one before that or the one before that. It's just absolutely crazy. The House elections, remember, every single House representative um in at the state level and at the federal level every one of those guys are up for um up for re-election or in some cases it's an open seat so far in the Minnesota House we have 14 representatives who indicated they would not seek re-election to the house and 10 of those are DFL so you're going to see some districts that are are you know pretty evenly balanced democrat or republican Um, you're going to see the Democrats fight super hard to take that away from the Republicans. But these open seats, you're just going to see an incredible amount of money poured into into uh, some of these races. You've got when I told you about all the pictures that the Democrats were putting out as they filed to announce their candidacy. And they had to go to Steve Simon's office and sign up and pay their whatever their fee is what is it 50 bucks hundred bucks I don't even know what it is anymore um, but they showed the picture of all the DFL together and they they would tweet out things like a fabulous smorgasbord of progressives ready to hit the doors for a better Minnesota and it's like come on don't we have any Republicans running it would just drive me crazy and really interesting though representative Aaron Murphy did not she's one of the candidates for governor governor one of the DFL candidates um, she's also a member of the House of Representatives, uh, Representative Erin Murphy was not one of the retirement speeches. Uh, local activists in her House district have thought, have thought if she doesn't win the DFL endorsement for governor, she would be back as representative. So we'll have to see how that turns out. I think that's kind of Erin's way of saying, yeah, I'm probably not going to get it, uh, but who knows? Um, we had some shocking news in uh, CD7. Uh, Mary Giuliani Stevens beat Jeff Johnson in the straw poll at the Republican Party CD7 Congressional District Convention last week. Stevens secured 37% of the vote. Johnson 33% of the vote. Parrish 22% of the vote. Palenty 5%. Who are you knuckleheads who are voting for Palenty? Stop that. Uh, this is, uh, that was, that was pretty interesting. That was a, that was a surprise. Um, I know Mary has, I'm a, I'm a delegate or alternate or something. Um, but I know Mary has called me and wants to talk about how she can earn my vote and, well, yeah, I don't know. Talk, ask me next week. Um, we also saw a lot of endorsements for the Democrats. Education Minnesota endorsed Tim Waltz. No surprise. Um, Minnesota Young DFL endorsed Aaron Murphy. AFSME endorsed Aaron Murphy. Um, it's, it's all pretty interesting. And then out of the blue last week, out of the blue. Tom Bach says he might be compelled to run for governor if the DFL convention is deadlocked. And he said he thinks because of the competitive congressional race up in CD8, northern Minnesota, uh, he thinks with that primary, it could be a reason that he would be positioned Uh, quite well. Last week, Rebecca Otto named her running mate, uh, Zarina Barbar. Uh, she's a, she works for Ameriprise and she's a board member at the Islamic Center of Minnesota. Uh Peggy Flanagan said eight months ago when Tim Waltz and her and her launched their partnership to introduce themselves to Minnesotans and show how well they could govern, she never predicted there there would be at least three women of color running for lieutenant governor. It's a new day in Minnesota. But the craziest stuff, the craziest stuff of the whole entire week, the craziest stuff was what happened at the Faith in Minnesota Forum on Tuesday night. This is, um, a group that stands for racial and economic justice. Um. You won't believe some of the things that Rebecca Otto said uh, at this uh, forum last Tuesday. I'll tell you about it when we come back, and we'll get to some of your phone calls. You want to weigh in, 651-989-5855, 651-989-5855. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. And I would like to thank my friend Sue Erickson, who always keeps me on top of things. I'm a delegate and I get to vote. So next week up in Duluth, Colin Wilkinson will be filling in for me. Thank you so much, Colin. Uh, I'll be one of the ones that get to decide who the nominee, uh, is in, in Minnesota. And, uh, well, you can be sure I won't be voting for Tim Plenty, but, uh, this past week, it's, it's just astonishing to watch these candidates move further and further and further and further to the left. So I told you about the Faith in Minnesota Forum on Tuesday night. They're a group that pushes racial and economic justice Rebecca Otto I don't know how much further to the left she can go she Rebecca Otto said we need to be a sanctuary state think about that she also suggested that illegal immigrants should be allowed to vote she wants revenue from price on a car she wants a carbon tax she said the the with the revenue that would come from a carbon tax will send checks to everyone in Minnesota she didn't go into details she promised single-payer health care she promised free college for everyone. Rebecca Otto actually came out and said, I know I'm a privileged white woman uh, and and she wants and teared up. She actually got tears in her eyes and she said there's a lot of pain in Minnesota. She wants to be the one to take the pain away. On the, at the Tuesday night, uh, candidate forum, Rebecca Otto also called for a large gun buyback program that, and said that hunters will turn in their guns because they want kindergarten age kids to come home safe. Uh, and she really truly believes that stuff. She really truly believes that stuff. It was interesting. NPR did a story, uh, talking about Rebecca Otto and her running mate that she, that, uh, Barber, the woman that she picked, um, said that she would be the first Muslim woman in history, if they won, uh, to hold a statewide office. And they said Zarina Barb, Barber was an information technology and management consultant and a human rights activist out of Andover. Babar grew up in India. She's been in the United States since 1976 and got her start in politics working as a volunteer for the campaign of former Minnesota DFL, U.S. Senator Paul Wellstone. What I loved about this story, talking about her running mate, is um, Otto and Barber say they'll be the first all female gubernatorial ticket in state history which is wrong and you know how it, how I know it's wrong because MPR actually said my name in the article and oh w- without even any bad descriptors any any you know gadfly or you know uh got crushed in the primary or anything like that no 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 NPR said two sets of women did run together as governor and lieutenant governor in 2006, losing in primaries. Pam Ellison and Carrie Johnson ran as Independence Party candidates. And Sue Jeffers and Ruthie Hendricks sought the Republican nomination. They didn't even say anything bad about us, Stan. I, I, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. Absolutely shocked. Uh, okay. So pay attention to these candidates, folks, because this is, it's really astonishing how far to the left the Democrats are, are moving. And I just hope the Republicans are ready to fight because this election year is going to be something. If, if you thought Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump was something, oh my gosh, wait till this summer or this fall. It's going to be astonishing. Let's take some phone calls. Jane, you're up first. Hi, Jane.
2: Hi, Sue. I'm uh, sad that you're not going to be on next week, but I'm enjoying you this week very much. (laughs) Thank you. Say, listen, um, you were talking about Governor Dayton's health. Uh, I've been concerned about Governor Dayton's health. I'm an RN, and RNs, nurses pick up on this stuff. You know, they have this sixth sense of symptoms and observation and stuff like that. And um, he has had slurred speech.
0: Right. He has
2: had gait issues where, you know, he walks and there's... Uh, you know, um, his mobility seems to be impaired. Mm -hmm. I really uh, remember there was talk in his first term about whether or not uh, they would appoint or um, he would resign for health. Right. And there would be a replacement. I remember. Yep. Yep. And so I'm very concerned about him. And, you know, even when he speaks, um, I, I, I just his speech reminds me of someone that's on some medication because he his speech is so um, has a garbly quality to right, it.
0: Right. 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 And they've been covering it up forever. It's just it's just astonishing. If people had any idea how poor his health was, yep. I think they would be shocked. I think they would be shocked. I remember it was probably four years ago I was at one of his press conferences and I went up to talk to him and ask him a question about something and and I couldn't even understand him. And mm-hmm. you nurses, I think you have a sense of smell. I think you smell that we're sick too. Well, am- <laughs> and the, well, that could be. But you know, your sixth too,
2: sense. Um, have you noticed sometimes when he? Well, most of the time when he talks, his eyes have a, uh, a, a real openness to them, right? Almost like, and I just, I mean, I feel bad for the guy because right, it sounds right. like he's got a couple of things going on. And I'm not, I do not diagnose, of course, but right. it sure doesn't allow me to do that. Mm-hmm. But those are things that are, have
0: been of concern for a long time. And yeah. I'm just, I'm just appalled at the media. And, but and, I mean,
1: this isn't the first time. I mean, we've had it with former presidents before. Yep, we have. You know, we I, have. where it's covered but up. Not and I mean, not how much the do extent, they actually do? Not to they the extent that we've
0: seen now. They have all their cronies doing all the
1: work. So how much is he really putting into it except for, The hoorah for the Democratic Party. That's basically what he is is right now, as a mouthpiece. I
0: think Stan hit the nail on the head. Stan's pretty smart, isn't he, Jane? I'm (laughs)
1: logical. By the way, Jane, Jane, since you've been listening to Sue, I want to know if you have the same uh, uh, thoughts about Sue's health that I do. (laughs) So could you give me a couple? I think...
2: I think both of you were in the pink. You wouldn't be able to do what you're doing now.
0: Anymore. Exactly. Thank you, Jane. Because her eyes welcome.
1: roll around once in a while too, when certain yeah, things and come up. Yeah, and steam
0: comes out my ears, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this is crazy." Yeah, but you know what? Physically and mentally, I think Dayton's been in over his head for a long time. I know the media's covered it up. I know Democrats have covered it up. I think Tina Smith covered for him for a long time. He collapsed at his State of the Union. He had to be lifted into his boat. Uh, he had surgery at the Mayo Clinic. I don't know if it's uh, medication that he's on. I, yeah, I don't. I don't know what he's it a is. And I won't chicken pretend. Either. There's a lot of people no. that
1: are his age that would need help getting in and out of a boat. Would possibly faint? Would yeah. Be but on he would like he'd
0: have a press conference and he'd have his and nobody would have the cameras on him when he was using his walker or his cane and then he'd hand it to someone else and then all the cameras would light up and then boom there to he was see that standing like there for the,
1: like for the time when he did have the incident have to sit there i mean it was horrible him to see.
0: his words i know but it was
1: horrible sometimes seeing him i just can't even understand him. on the on the podium was that,
0: that was awful you know Wasn't I, mean, that awful? I don't want to see How, no see i don't want to i don't, don't want to see that either all you have to do is listen to him to know there's something gravely 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 wrong mike you you're You're up next. Hey, Mike, welcome to the show. You have some thoughts? Hi, neighbor. Oh, hi, neighbor. I haven't talked to you in a while. I know. What do you think? How are you doing? I'm good.
2: You're good. Okay. Yeah, Dayton's an idiot, so (laughs) we all know that one. Um, We know Betty McCollum is basically the Nancy Pelosi version of the the Coast. Mm-hmm. She's useless. Yeah. But, yeah, but I kind of, like, sit here and, like, watching all this, just, like, and the whole thing is, you're not evil. No. You don't just call everybody out. It's awful when you do it.
0: You, we have to call them out, Mike. We have to call them out. We have to. How else you are know, we going to get party. better candidates?
2: Nobody hears us when we do it, though.
0: Yeah, they don't want to hear.
2: No, they don't want to hear. I mean, you look at Obama right now. You look at what's going on with the spying on Trump campaigns. I know. Why wasn't a spy put into Hillary campaign? Right. He took $145 million. Bill took 500 grand on a speaking thing that was double his normal speech
0: from so a Putin-owned owned bank. And you, Well, you know what gets me, Mike, is the hypocrisy. Because if you look back, you had President Obama, uh, who was spying on journalists, who was spying on uh, on, well, a lot of things that a lot of presidents have done too oh, but yeah. especially well, journalists where, with, where with, was the outrage uh, where was we'll the outrage yeah there, there was no outrage when when obama did it all they did was cover it up and now all of a sudden you have a different set of circumstances a different president a different issue and all of a sudden there's where is the outrage the idea that yeah, a government the, is a
2: big scandal here Come i
0: know Let's bring it up i know that and like um um Obama spying on the journalists, that should have been enough to take him down.
2: Think James of Watergate. Rosen. He James Rosen's family.
0: He had
2: Sheryl Atkinson's computer. I know. Come on.
0: Unbelievable.
2: And it's if like you want if you wanna do it, you wanna be ticked off at it, please make it even. Right. Well oh, come on, if Trump did this. Y'all would have went not. Yeah. And at least, on this, what, fair, Mike, at least, to be fair, Mike, we at least,
0: not. to be fair, we at least, um, we at least uh, call Trump out when he does dumb stuff. Thanks, neighbor. Cool. Appreciate your, appreciate your phone call. Okay. Uh, top of the hour. We're coming up on a hard break. When we come back, I want to talk about the 2018 legislative session. When the 28th, it's adjourned. It's over. Yay. The gavel fell. Uh, The recap, a budget bill was passed, but Governor Dayton vetoed it. Tax conformity was passed, but Governor Dayton vetoed it. A bonding bill was passed. Oh, we're still waiting to hear about that one. I hope Dayton vetoes it. Uh, School safety passed, but it was in bills that the governor vetoed. Pensions passed. Passed unanimously governor dayton's gonna sign it i wish he would have vetoed that one uh, so governor dayton vetoed the tax bill he vetoed the omnibus uh supplemental bill uh, i i it's just it's so crazy if you listen to the gop talk they say they gave governor dayton everything they wanted that he wanted. Uh, Dayton calls the Republicans' legislative actions appalling, vile, and disgusting. It's almost like they weren't even at the same legislative session. When we come back, we'll talk about the end of the session. We will talk about uh, Dayton's vetoes and really, truly, he it's obstruction for political gain. Uh, we will talk about how Governor Dayton's vetoes are going to needlessly hurt ordinary Minnesotans, especially anyone who files taxes uh and yeah there sadly there was some talk of a special session coming up in November even though governor Dayton said no they had their chance uh we we did have a few wins so we'll talk about it when we come back sue jeffers twin cities news talk am 11:30 and twincitiesnewstalk.com